My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Yes, we sure hope to be here for you, and I hope that uh, today you tune in for a reason, because we have a phenomenon, a new trend going on in America and in Canada and in some other countries that is going to affect a lot of parents, and I think that you need to hear about it. It's big news in some ways about what's happening to our economy, what's happening to our culture, what's happening to our social environment, and what's happening in our homes. And it's called Boomerang Kids, and it could impact you. They predict that not only is this a growing trend right now, and it's hugely growing, by the way, but that it may not be a temporary trend, that it could be part of a new and permanent life stage. And what I mean by boomerang kids is 20 and 30-something children, your kids, moving back in, usually after college, because they find themselves economically unable to pay for outside housing and so on because they're paying off huge debts from college. And we're going to have a whole discussion about that. Uh, is it still wise to go to college? I mean, that, I really want to push the envelope on this because uh, things are really changing. And part of it also has to do with marriage and the changes that we've seen in marriage. So uh, this is a fascinating story and one that I think will interest a lot of you who care about uh, family issues, about raising your children well, about what's happening in our economy, about what your future may look like, and what you may be currently going through as parents. Yesterday, we considered this topic. We had a mom on a uh, blast from my past. I used to work with her in television news in Cleveland, Ohio. She came on to admit that her 24-year-old son was still living with them rent-free. Uh, they were doing things like paying for his phone, and she knew that that was a problem, that they needed to get a hold of it. And she said that in August 1st, that some things were going to change because he does have a job, but it's much more convenient to live at home and get his master's degree and, and move on and up as his parents are paying for uh, his housing and his food. And uh, she's happy to have him home because she loves him dearly and she's a good mama. But she also admitted she knew there was something wrong with that picture. We also reached out to folks on Facebook to say, do you have boomerang children? Do you know anybody who does? And by boomerang, of course, we mean they went away uh, for college or whatever schooling and maybe even a first job. And then they came back because they needed your help. And uh, the New York Times article, it was in the New York Times magazine and uh, had some fascinating statistics in it. I'm looking for my first page so I can tell you what some of those statistics were. Uh, it said that this is a gr hugely growing trend. And let me tell you how it's hugely growing. One in five people now in their 20s and 30s is currently living with his or her parents. 60% of all young adults receive financial support from their parents. And by the way, that's a significant increase from just a generation ago when only one in 10 adults moved back home and fewer than the 60% received uh, financial support. Of course, the common explanation, the New York Times Magazine article says, is that people born in the late 1980s and early 1990s came of age amid several unfortunate and overlapping economic trends. And those who graduated college as the housing market and financial system were imploding faced the highest debt burden burden of any graduating class in history 
Nearly 45% of the 25-year-olds, for instance, have outstanding loans with an average debt above $20,000. And we found that in yesterday's case, uh, some of the folks that they feature in this article were as high as $60,000 left to go. I had friends when they graduated from law school had $160,000 in debt to their schooling. Uh, But there are a lot of things that come into play here. And the article admits this, that we've changed the way that we treat children. Uh, Back in the day in agrarian society, this didn't happen because kids started to work when they were four years old. And we're off on their own raising families, getting married in their teens. And so this wasn't uh, an issue as much back then. And I'm not even sure it's an issue. That's what I want to talk about. Is this even a bad thing? Uh, Or is college education becoming a bad thing because nobody can afford to pay for it? So it's a fascinating conversation. I'm blessed to have a mom join me. She'll be coming up after the break who will tell us what the situation was with her daughter moving back in and how it ended. So I want you to stay tuned for our friend Stacy Adams. I'm also going to give you some of the Facebook comments we received that I referred to earlier. A woman named Natasha wrote in and said that her son and daughter-in-law had moved back in after getting out of the military. And they, uh, the parents are helping them while they transition to another job. A friend of mine named Natalie posted this. How about those of us that are in our 30s and have both of our parents living with us? Does that count? LOL. My mom and my mother-in-law and her son, my 15-year-old brother-in-law, all living with this one woman. So she's got a whole different dynamic going on. But I would suggest it has a little bit to do with our culture, too. That... uh, I don't know. It has to do with a lot of things being supported that maybe we can no longer support. And uh, I compared it to the housing crisis years ago that we're maybe having a college debt crisis. So uh, I'm not an expert, but we can certainly talk about these issues. And and Stacy, I believe, has a happy end to her story. So uh, when we come back with Channel Mom, we hope that you'll stay tuned and find out if you're in this category, what the likelihood is that you will be in this category when we return to talk with Stacy on Channel Mom. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FEW 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. 
Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. Jenny Dean Schmidt here with producer Jorge. Jorge, are you willing to say where you're going on vacation? He's leaving me, so my show may not be as good. Where are you going? Can you can you just say, Jorge, just with your Latin? Yeah, yes. in L.A. Are you going to L.A.? Yeah. Well, have a wonderful time with your wife and children. Your children, your children who have not yet moved out. Uh, we are back talking about boomerang kids and the fact that it's a huge trend right now in America of uh, one in five, 20 and 30 somethings moving back in with their parents. And there are all kinds of economic and social and family issues that are tied into this, even marital issues. And I want to talk about that. But also want to let you know that in Canada, I heard the other day, 40 percent of 20 and early 30 somethings are moving back in with their parents. Now, many of these kids are also receiving financial support. Uh, in the article that I'm referring to the, of the New York Times Magazine, they say 60% of all young adults receive financial support from their parents. Now, let's just be honest. None of this is coming from a holier-than-thou attitude on my part. Uh, my parents helped me. I moved back in for a couple of months right before I got married. This can happen to anybody. It's not necessarily, a, you know, a scarlet letter A on your, your dress. I know that's the wrong metaphor, but it's, it's not necessarily a sin to move back in with your parents. But what I want to consider is if this, this is indeed a growing trend and if parents are feeling burdened by it and more and more parents are having to come up with money to support their 20 and 30 somethings, is something going on that is wrong? So I'm curious to talk to our next guest. Her name is Stacy Adams. She did weigh in on our Facebook question about whether or not you have a, a boomerang child. And what Stacy said very happily was this. My daughter did for a year move back in and has landed her quote unquote big girl job. Uh, Stacy seemed very happy about it all and didn't seem to resent it at all. So we want to welcome to Channel Mom Stacy Adams. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, Jenny. We're glad to have you. Um, Thank you. So tell me, it, it, it sounds like this was temporary, but I'm curious about why it was temporary. Because our guest from yesterday admitted she didn't know how temporary it would be. It had been going on for a while, and she didn't know when her son Jimmy was going to move out, because now he was planning to go to graduate school and live at home and save a bunch of money. So, so tell me, Sarah, your daughter's story, and why you think it kind of ended uh, in a, I guess, happy way that she moved out and got her big girl job. Can you tell us her story? Yes, absolutely. So basically, Sarah is, uh, she was 20 years old when she moved back home, and she had moved out at age 17, lived with my sister for a bit to be close to the community college and her job. Mm -hmm. And then she, we sent her overseas to Montebelluna, Italy to attend a semester of Bible college. Yeah. She loved that and came home happy and full of wonderful experiences, friendships, etc. And um, then we moved her up to UNC in Greeley to continue her college. Um, and during that time, she did not have a good roomy situation, and the college was not a good fit for her. Uh -huh. So this is when she moved back home to continue on at Metro State as an applied math major. Okay. So when she moved home, we had her pay rent, not include food. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough to say, this is your rent. And then she paid her car insurance and her portion of the phone bill. So. Okay. Okay. So you did, unlike yesterday's guest, who I'm not putting down at all because she's she's a friend from the past. Um, you were not foregoing rent on her part because this this family is not was not charging their son rent. You decided to charge her rent, and you help, had her help with the phone bill. Then there was also a period of time where her car wasn't working, and I made her ride her bike. I didn't make it easy because I 
You know, I just wanted to be uncomfortable enough where she wouldn't be there forever and where she'd really take some responsibility. Yeah, no, tell me, tell me about that, Stacy, because I want to understand a mother's heart. And then I want to kind of get into some of the touchier issues. Because you sent your daughter to Bible college, I know we can get jiggy on all this to quote a word from 1996 um <laughs> we, we can get real about what's really going on in our culture that is causing this with with a lot of kids maybe not necessarily sarah but how was that for your mother's heart because for me i think there's a part of me that would be tempted to embrace it if my kids came back yet i would know that it's not necessarily healthy that they do need to move on with their own life get married have children have their own careers and so on how did you strike that balance because my guess is there was a part of you that enjoyed having Sarah around again. Oh, I love having my kids around. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, but I think there was this point when she came back and she wasn't quite motivated. And so that kind of had put me on edge. And I think when we talk maybe a little bit about our relationship, that might come up. But she, um, my mother's heart, of course, is to nurture and to have my kids around me as much as possible. Sure, yes. And she's the oldest of five, so I, of course I wanted, it was great to have her back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that that is a struggle, and so I don't want to even put it down as a trend, because I think, oh, mm-hmm. there's something really neat about the, the child moving back home for a while. But I, can we talk about two things? Number one is I want to know how it affected your relationship with her. Um, and are you married? You are, right? Yes. Yeah. And how it affected her relationship with your husband, or maybe it even impacted your marriage. I don't know. H- how, what were the pros and cons of how your daughter moving back in impacted your relationship? Okay. Well, that's a good question because um, at first, when she moved back in, I will tell you that we irritated the stuff of each other and silently thought we might strangle each other. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We took a lot of deep breaths and extended a lot of grace and fake smiles. And you've all you've heard the adage, "Fake it till you make it." Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes that's necessary, and that's what we did. But in doing so, uh, we it led to many heart-to-heart talks, and sometimes a real calling forth of who she is and. And what the Bible tells us about who she is as a daughter of the King of Kings. And I w- and today, if you were to talk with her, we would both, I think, tell you the same thing, that our relationship is strong and unshakable, and we are really glad that we had the past. It was actually over a year. It was a year and a half uh-huh. together. So as far as with my husband, um, okay, so Mark is her stepfather. Yeah. He's the stepfather for all five of my kids. Uh-huh. And the need for Sarah to live with us was immediate and our thoughts were the same. Yes, that's necessary. So there wasn't anything different there. Um, as her mom, a very direct and intimate role with Sarah. And Sarah will tell you that I tried to take over her life and help her live it, which oh. I have to agree with you. With yeah, her, yeah. But, you know, we just we mom what's best, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but it sounds to me like you you worked it together for good, or it was worked together for good in the sense that 
there was some conflict. It didn't necessarily feel like it was completely healthy to have her back home, but that you reached this place where you thought, all right, this is a time for us to revisit some things about a relationship and about who Sarah is and a time for you to tutor her again as a mom to maybe get in some missed training and to mm-hmm. get her secure in who she was to go back out into the world. And that, that is awesome. Would you mind if we move to some kind of social and political issues uh, that have to do with this boomerang child trend? Sure. Okay. I, I, I know that you'll probably be on the same page, but, but feel free to disagree. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what's going on culturally with us that this is a growing phenomenon, hugely growing. In fact, some predict it will not stop. It will only get bigger that more and more children are going to move back in with their parents in their 20s and 30s. And I have a number of questions, and you can respond to any of them. Number one, we are now in a position as a society where fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer people are getting married, less than ever in our recorded history. So you don't have that automatic marriage uh, sort of economic uh, provision that allows you to come together, have two incomes, and be able to afford an apartment to help you pay off your school debt. So that's Mm -hmm. gone away. And I think even when people live together, the incomes don't necessarily come together to support a household. They sometimes divide them. So so, uh, number one, I'm worried about the trend away toward marriage, you know, away from marriage. And I'm wondering if that's contributing to it. Number two, I'm almost wondering if this is kind of like the housing bubble, that uh, as governments have stepped in and said, we're going to enable all these kids to go to college, but then when they come out, they're going to have all this debt. If we now have kids facing between $20,000 and $120,000 worth of debt that they cannot afford to pay off because they cannot find the jobs that uh, go along with those college degrees to help them pay off the debt. And I'm wondering, are we now in a society where a college degree is no longer as helpful as it used to be and no longer puts you a step ahead? I really want to ask that question. Um, and, And finally, have we as a society, and this is a tougher question, overcoddled our children. Um, yesterday's guest admitted, I just wanted my son to be comfortable. So we didn't want him to struggle. And, and we, so we didn't, you know, charge him a rent. We just want him to be able to pay off his debt with ease and start his new job with ease. And, and so I wonder, you know, you think back to agrarian days where kids started to work when they were four and, and were working full time, you know, by the time they were in their early teens and even getting married, has something changed where we're overcoddling our kids? These are all huge questions. Do you have a response to any of them? I do, as a matter of fact. Okay. <laughs> as far as um, overcoddling, uh, I think that can be that we can be guilty of that, and it's an easy thing to do. But um, sometimes when we have our kids involved in so many things, and we're running them here and there, they don't have a chance to really take a lot of responsibilities for things. Right. And so, um, I know, for instance, with my kids, they each. Uh, bought their own car, but in order to buy their own car, they had to have the money, and they also had to have good grades and keep their noses clean in order to even get their permits to start driving. Yeah. So that was kind of a thing there, but my kids have bought their own cars, and they pay their own insurance, and if something happens to their car, then they're back on a bike, and bumming rides from other people. And yes, I do give them occasional rides, but I don't make it easy because I want them to save that money yeah. to get their new car and to be on their own. And one of my kids um, actually said, Sam, he's 20 now. Sarah's 22. She just turned 22. But Sam at one point called me from somewhere and he says, Mom, I just want to thank you for not giving us everything we wanted and that you made us work really hard for things and that we've had to really wait. 
and he, because they know how to take care of themselves. Wow, you know what? what? How did that make you feel? I mean, that must have just blessed you because there were times they probably did not like you for the oh, hardship. Yeah. You were. How did that feel to have it come full circle and have him realize that you were actually giving him a gift, not being rude? It, it made me feel really good because I have to tell you, um, there were so many times where I felt so guilty that I wasn't doing certain things. And about eight years ago, I had a serious curveball hit me that put my five kids and me into a pure survival mode. Uh And we actually had to move back in with my parents for a short season while I could get my sea legs back on. And I, this whole time I was feeling, oh my goodness, I'm just not a very good mom. I can't do this for my kids. But it did, like you said, it came back full circle and it turned out to be um, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I want to say this, I, and I think you'll agree with me. God created marriage and family for a reason. Economically, it's the best thing going. If, if every, you know, and I know you were hit in a very bad way with, with marriage being over, but, but you would agree, I think, that, that people getting married and staying together and relying on family is not a bad thing. So we're not saying that you having to move back in with your parents or Sarah moving back in with you for a time was necessarily bad. What I'm saying is, have we set ourselves up culturally, uh, politically for our kids to fail? And, and I think you're saying, I'm concerned about that. So you've tried to institute some rules so your kids were not coddled and did not think that the easy way was just to move back in with you. Right, right. And I think today a lot of kids, um, you know, they think it's possible to move out with while they have like maybe a low-paying job and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And then something happens, like they perhaps they realize that they don't actually want to live paycheck to paycheck, that they actually want to do something. And so they'll move back home so they can start saving and such. Or... And so they just, they're deciding that they want to thrive instead of just survive. Or perhaps an obstacle is that they're, they've moved out and they have a roommate that's lost a job. Or maybe even they lose the job. But then there's not enough money in the household to pay the bills. And so they run out of money either while they're in college or maybe they have like a, a car accident and some unexpected bills that come up and they drain the bank account and they are left with no choice but to move back home. Yeah. So I think uh, sometimes, too, kids need to, moving out, they need to understand the importance of having a savings and a realistic budget before doing so, and, yeah. and also just choosing roommates wisely. There's a lot of learning that it can occur online without having to go to college and getting into debt as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I want to tell you something interesting. In this New York Times Magazine article, which, which was very thorough and had a lot of interesting points, believe it or not, they said that these 20-somethings that are moving back in with their parents are remarkably optimistic. In fact, they mm-hmm. found that 77% of them, even though you know they're still relying on their parents, 77% still believe they'll be better off than their parents. So so they're optimistic, but maybe it's because their parents are taking care of them. We only have two minutes left. So in the last minute, do you, do you want to tell folks anything about w- what you've learned from this? Oh, what I've learned? Yeah. <laughs> well, that might take more than a minute. Okay, okay. But, we'll keep it to but, 60 seconds. Yeah, but really uh, the taking the big breath, and, and each kid is so different. Yes. 
and just to really um, just look at each kid as an individual and the situation as an individual. And she basically did not move back home to be enabled or to be lazy. And although there were times where we, you know, questioned that. Yeah. But I would say it was a real benefit. And she's really, um, now with her big girl job, she works at CenturyLink as an operations technician for the optical and Ethernet repair team. And she's moved out with some new roommates. And um, she's she's pretty set. And she'll be returning to Metro in January yeah. to finish her degree. Well, so it worked like it should. And, and, and we've got to go. But what it is is she came home yeah. to get a little help from mom. But then she got back on her feet. And you helped her, which was probably satisfying for you. And and there you yeah. go. It can end well, folks. So Stacy Adams, we want to thank you. Thank you so much for being on Channel Mom and helping other moms see how they can alleviate the situation and, and, and help it end well. Absolutely. Thank you, Jenny. All right. Take care, Stacy. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. What great, honest, wonderful moms we've had on with different situations. Uh, but the point is both of these moms are conscientious. They know what the situation is. They wanted to help their kids move on and, and grow up and uh, get good jobs and have stable families. So uh, it wasn't that they just planned to do this for the next 10 years. Really interesting topic. Boomerang kids. Uh, it could happen to you. Maybe it's worth having a discussion with your child before they leave the home. Really talk about it. Planning and so on. Good stuff. I hope it was helpful to you today. Stay tuned for the rest of Channel Mom when we tell you what's coming up next week. Something that can really help you. Ten words successful mothers live by. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (gasps) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90, FE 51. Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Mom Essentials, 10 Words Successful Mothers Live By, a new book and Bible study by Casey Johnson. I know it can help you. Please tune in for next week's Channel Mom. In the meantime, Mom, thanks for all that you do to raise your children well. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com. The Love of Christ, 810 AM, KLVZ. The Good News with Angie Austin is next on 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Mark chapter 5 talks of Jesus casting a demon from a man and sending that demon into a herd of pigs. Jesus transformed that man's life in an instant, displaying the John 8.36 truth. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. 
Are you free? Things that make you go, hmm. Your Crawford Broadcasting Company, God and Country Station. When you decide you want to live well and inspire others, tune into Dr. Asa Andrews and learn how to empower your health every weekday, 8 to 10 p.m. on 810 KLVZ. I'm sick and tired of living this way. Life maybe threw me some bad cards, but I'm going to take them and I'm going to make a good life out of it. And you have to take charge and take responsibility for your health. Learn how to attain and maintain an extraordinary life. You have to look at it like, okay, what am I doing every single day to make sure I have the best health that I can have? Every weekday, 8 to 10 p.m. on 810 KLVZ. Where love lives. Hi, Denver. Bob Duco here. And, you know, Defending the Truth really is a one-of-a-kind program where we prove the existence of God, the truth of Scripture, and show that what we believe as Christians actually is 